0: And welcome back to Marshy's Corner, brought to you by Summit Heights Club. Hey, Summit Heights Club is really exciting right now. Our website's up, summitheightsclub.com. Uh, we've just shown, you know, some of the more some more stuff that we're doing. Uh, we've got a few articles. We've got a magazine on there. My podcast is up there. There's a lot more to come uh, that will be added to the website. But uh, we have our writer Ben Mitchell. Uh, his articles are going up. And yeah, so take a read of that. He's great. The website looks amazing. Shout out to Viv. Um, And yeah, just super excited to show you guys more and more of what's to come with Summit Heights Club. So that's exciting. Uh, So check that out. Uh, Obviously, with this podcast, please subscribe, like, follow, shout out, do whatever you want to promote it. Uh, I always appreciate that. Um, I am yet again in my car. We are still in lockdown. I do not have equipment. Uh, so I'm recording this on my phone, uh, but uh, I, yeah, I'm not really planning these at the moment, uh, like w- what I'm going to release. Um, I obviously don't have the guests on that I want to have on, uh, but the Olympics are on. I'm watching a lot of it. Uh, the Boomers yesterday played their semi final against uh, Team USA. Uh, so I'm just going to talk about my feelings toward the game. Uh, But I'm going to start off with talking about uh, our beach volleyball girls, Maria Faye and Taliqua. I'm locked in on them. Uh, I'm recording this podcast. Uh, It's Thursday. It's uh, just after 10 10 a.m. They play their gold medal medal match today at just after 12, I believe. So yeah, locked in. I love these girls. They're so much fun to watch. Uh, Taliqua's just a freak. So long, so athletic. Get so much power behind her. Uh, Her her work at the net, just like blocking everything. Long, agile, explosive. Yeah, she's awesome. She's a freak. Uh, Easily one of the best players. I've watched a fair bit of the beach volleyball and I don't know if there's anyone better than her at the net. Um, And then there's Maria Faye. And I just need to say it, Maria Faye has become one of my favorite athletes. Um, (laughs) She is so much fun. And I just love the way she gets around, uh, Taliqua just, I can just imagine her as a footy player. Um, because like, she's just constantly around Taliqua just, which I know they do that in beach volleyball. It's super common, but I feel like she's even extra with it. And then like, she's just in this constant mood of just like, let them know, like after every single point, like, you know, Australia's just scored. Just let him know, like that's what she is. She's at that mood, hundred percent of the time. I love it. I think in another world, another lifetime, she plays rugby league, and she's just around the. She's just around her teammates. She's just feeding it to the other team. I can just. I don't know. That's why I like her. Um, I think she's awesome. I think she's so much fun to watch. Um, so yeah, I'm locked in. Gold medal match. Uh, I don't know. I'll probably get this up pretty quickly. Some of you might listen to it just before that gold medal game. So if it's around 12 p.m., be tuning in for the yeah the girls. Um, and so, yeah. But let's get on to the boomers, the point of this podcast. Um, before I get started on it, I'm, I'm going to give you my classic ESPN stat. And so if there are uh, Aussie fans that maybe don't watch as much basketball... But they were watching the Boomers, and they saw us lose to this USA team. I'm not making an excuse for us, but he, here's my little my little ESPN stat. here you know, ESPN puts up those just stats where it's like, okay, you really weren't searching for that. Um, here's my list of NBA credentials for this game. So I'm obviously not including Aaron Baines, uh, Australia's normal uh, one of their normal players. Uh, he plays in the NBA. Um, I'm not. I'm not including his. Credentials because he didn't play in the game against Team USA. Uh, let's start with the Boomers. Championships combined by all players in the NBA, 2. MVPs, 0. All-star appearances combined, 0. Team USA, championships combined, 10. MVPs, 1. And all-star appearances combined, 29. 29-0, to 0 so understand that like our best players play in the NBA um, and they are not looked at as this in the same uh le- they're just not looked at as the sa- at the same level as some of these USA guys like USA really a lot of people are saying, well, they didn't bring their when they were struggling, they didn't bring their best team uh I saw I saw a footy guy who watched obviously must watch a little bit of basketball. Uh, someone asked, like, oh, this isn't USA's good team, right? And he said, look, if if USA was taking a team of Darren lockiers, uh there's a couple of the Darren lockiers in there. They weren't able to bring them all, so they brought a few monsters. <laughs> so basically what that's saying is, if you don't watch rugby league, okay, no, you don't have the cream of the crop. You don't have the best of the best. But you you have like, if you don't take 1A, you're almost taking like 1B. There's a few guys, LeBron's not there, Steph's not there, James Harden, Kawhi, Paul George. They're probably the names that come to mind straight away that weren't a part of this roster. Um, but they really took away a strong side. Um, and to beat them, if if... If they go on to lose, I actually don't know who won the other semi final, and I know it's ten a.m. Thursday, but you know I watched all the all that Olympics. Uh, I watched the gold medal match, the Kookaburras, um, last night, uh, and I lost them. Yeah, they they got silver, um, and then I watched the Brisbane Broncos game. <laughs> it was a bit of a. I almost forgot the Broncos game was on because I've been so locked in on the Olympics. So I haven't watched France uh, versus Slovenia yet. And I actually want to watch it. So I've been avoiding that. Um, I've been avoiding spoilers. Uh, but if whoever won out of those two, if they managed to beat this Team USA side, like 100% props to them because they've beaten an incredibly talented group of guys. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that gold medal match. Um but yeah, so Australia, but like I said in previous podcasts, the international game is different. We have a team with great chemistry. We have a team that uh, in a lot of ways suits the international style of play. Um, <clears throat> whereas Team USA has stacked a lot of talent together, but they have struggled a little bit with, with the changes in the game. And I'm not going to go through that again because I, I have talked about it a couple of times already uh, in previous podcasts. But... Um, yeah. Props to Team USA against Boomers. Um, a few notes on Team USA. I don't have too many. Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. Uh, I'm very, that's my opinion. I think he's the best. He was unbelievable against the Boomers every single time. I mean, we, I'll get into our lead, but we obviously up big. Kevin Durant just made shots. After shot after shot, just kind of keeping them close enough, and then, uh, you know, they obviously made that run. Um, Drew Holiday's been amazing. It's kind of crazy how he's taken Damian Lillard's spot, uh, and I think it's probably a little bit awkward because Lillard's looked at it as this guy in the NBA, um, but he's who's just he's like one of the elite players in the NBA, and he's considered a better player than Drew Holiday. But Drew Holiday, defensively, um, he's a bit of an everything kind of guy. Whereas Lillard's really a scorer, and I think at this international level, especially when you have a team full of stacked guys, like having that guy that wants to score himself isn't always the best thing. And Drew Holiday has a bit of everything. His defense is just amazing. Uh, He had this Nick Kay. I'm sure Nick Kay sealed on him, Um, and so Nick Kay is one of our big sealed on you know, this guard from Team USA, um, and Nick Cage, I remember yelling at the TV, go straight up, like go straight up, and he turns and he goes straight up, and like this is just off a standstill, and Drew Holiday just gets up and blocks his shot, and I was like, wow, um, this guy's a freak. Yeah. Drew Holiday, he was a menace defensively. I thought those Drew Holiday, Kevin Durant were USA's two best players, and Devin Booker was good. Devin Booker hit a lot of shots. Um Zach Levine got out and running, put a put his a few heads through the room. Uh he dunked on a few guys. But um Yeah. I don't want to focus on Team USA. I I just I, I have a few notes about uh the Australian boomers and just things that kind of I was surprised by. Um, and, yeah, things that I think led to our loss a little bit. Uh, one of the first things, it is a next man up. Like, sport is next man up. But if we're being realistic, we don't have as talented a side as USA. So you kind of want all hands on deck. And we were missing Aaron Baines. Uh, Aaron Baines is our biggest player. A lot of NBA experience is an NBA veteran, NBA champion. Um has played in a lot of big games, has played on a lot of good teams and he's very physical and his size, he would have been one of the biggest players on the court. Um, We were out-rebounded 44-29 in that game. Uh, 14 offensive boards for Team USA, I believe. I'm looking at my notes right now. I forgot to write the Australian one, but I think off the top of my head we had nine. So 44-29 rebound count in... uh, towards USA and they had 14 offensive rebounds to our nine and I think if you have Aaron Baines in the side that eliminates that uh, he would have been perfectly fine defensively uh, we would have had a big body and he would have gotten rebounds and so that that in itself would have halted a lot of the runs because their run a lot of their ran, run came off the back of off like offensive rebounds and whatnot, and you can't use it as an excuse um it sucks that we lost him, but if he was there, like it, I find it hard to think that he doesn't make a difference. Um, so that's my first point. My second point, we didn't use, utilize timeouts to our to our advantage at all. Uh, my next two points are about the coach. And, you know, coaching's hard and... I've coached rep, I've coached GPS schools, I've I've coached uh, at my old school, I've coached a fair bit. And I mean, I'm not trying to put myself at any level, but there are big games that come around and you look back and you're like, oh, I wish I did that differently, I wish I did that differently. But this is a semi-final at the Olympics, and you've been chosen to coach the Australian side. I think you have to be better than what I'm about to talk about. Uh With five minutes and 23 seconds to go, USA calls a timeout. The score was 41 to 26. That's a 15-point lead to Australia. The quarter ends 45 to 42 to Australia, three points up. So in five and a half minutes, our 15-point lead turned into a three-point lead. USA goes on a 16 to 4 run to finish those last five and a half minutes, 16 to 4. And we don't take a single timeout. Now, we took a timeout with about seven minutes to go in the second quarter. We didn't take a timeout in the first quarter. From my understanding in FIBA rules, you're allowed two timeouts in the first half, which means we still had a timeout to use. So I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but I I'm, I don't think it's one a quarter. I, I thought it was two in the first half. So... If we have the opportunity to call a timeout, you use timeouts, as a coach, you use timeouts to, one, change things up when or whatever. I mean, there's multiple reasons to use one. But if, if another team is, if a team's going on a run against you, you can use a timeout to change up what you're doing or two, also slow the other team's momentum down. Because when you're on the court and everything's going crazy and a team's, getting bucket after bucket, they're getting stops, they're getting stops. Sometimes you just need to call timeout to freeze them. And for you, for your players to catch a breath, go, we're good. And you come back out, you're refocused. It's not as crazy. We didn't take one. So our 15-point lead turns into a three-point lead. We go into halftime. We go into halftime up by three still good you know like we're sitting there like we need we need we need a timeout or we need the half to come and the half came we're up by three we then lose the third quarter 32 to 10 and the coach didn't call a single timeout in the third quarter you get three timeouts in the second half and the game's essentially done at that point we're down by 20 19 32 to 10, we lost the third, the third quarter. We didn't score for the first three minutes and 57 seconds. So essentially four minutes of that third quarter. The first four minutes of that quarter, we didn't score a point. And the coach didn't call a timeout. And USA's just going bucket, bucket, bucket. And just taking the lead from us and then ex- and then extending it on us. And the coach is just sitting there. I just don't really know, like, uh, uh, when I coach, I'm like, I'm trying not to use my timeouts too early, you know? Like, I'm sitting there going, ah, oh, like, I really don't want to use it. like, I, But, like, I want to use them all the time. And I don't know how, it. Uh, like, I always want to use my timeouts. There's never a time where I'm like, a timeout. No, there's plenty of times where you don't need to take a timeout. Your team's playing well. But when I can see that my team's struggling, I'm just sitting there, I'm like, When's the best time for me to call this timeout? But I'm going to call one. Like, I'm not going to go a whole five and a half minutes watching my team lose a 15-point lead in a quarter without calling a timeout. And I'm not going to go a whole third quarter when I have three timeouts to my disposal and my team's getting crushed 32 to 10, like, in a quarter. I, I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get it. And I don't want to be negative. That's not what my podcast is about. I just like to talk sports. And I'm super around these, uh, these boomers, and I'm so impressed by the way the coach, like the coach has had, had to have had a big part in, you know, the way our team has performed, and they have performed really well these Olympics, undefeated, in the group stages, destroyed Argentina in the quarterfinals, but that feels like a bit of a choke job, on the coach's part. And, okay, I don't want to get too negative. Yeah, I just didn't understand. I, yeah, I didn't understand the timeouts. Finally, the other big issue I wanted to highlight was our rotation. Both teams basically ran a nine-man rotation. And I basically got that, I say a nine-man rotation, anyone that played more than 10 minutes. So from what I, I looked at the box score afterwards, basically everyone either played 10-plus minutes or, or they maybe played that little bit at the end where both teams put their their benches on. Um, so both teams basically ran a nine-man rotation, um, played 10 or more minutes in a game where Australia is significantly less skilled. We shouldn't be running a nine-man rotation. Like, USA can run a nine-man rotation because, like... Almost every single player on that team is potentially better than at least the second or third best guy on the teams they're versing. Potentially just the best. Like there's some guys, like if Zach Levine, who's actually, he's been quite a big part of their rotation, but he'd he'd be considered our best player if he came over to Australia. Um, Anyway. They can run a nine-man rotation. We can't. We don't have the same skill level. Like, we have some guys at the top that are really good. But we should be running seven to eight guys max. Like, max eight guys. But we ran nine. We... And then, like, our best players, they barely played enough minutes. So... Like, we... Love my Brisbane Bullets... I'm a fan of Nathan Sobey. He's a really good basketball player. He played almost 11 minutes in this game. 11 minutes to Nathan Sobey. And when I highlight, I'm going to talk about how many minutes our other players play, you go, he just shouldn't have played. Those, his minutes should have been passed around to other guys. And then maybe we're closer Maybe if those other guys play more minutes, the game's a little bit closer. There is no crunch time. And then those three to almost four minutes where we put our bench in at the end because the game was over, uh, which, by the way, I didn't completely love. I thought we should have played that out. But, you know, those extra minutes also go towards our best players because it's a closer game. Um, But this is a semi-final. In a semi-final, you kind of expect, like... I think our three best players are Patty Mills, Joe Ingles, and Jock Landell. They should all be getting close to 32, minute, 32 minutes. And if a coach was like, we're going to play them 36 minutes out of the 40, I'd be like, yeah, do it. I'd be like, yeah, do it. Go ahead. But like 32 minutes is probably the minimum that Patty, Joe, and Jock should have played. Patty and Joe played twenty eight minutes each. And I went and looked at the box score. Jock played twenty two minutes. That's just over half the game, like just over half. He's probably our third best player. Definitely, definitely, maybe the third most important. Then our two next best guys are definitely Nick K and Matisse Thiebault. And you, if someone told me that Matisse Theibel is our second or third best player, I probably couldn't even argue it. Like, defensively, he can hit the three. He's athletic, gets out and run. Like, he can match up with anyone on that USA team. And Nick K is similar. Nick K, defensively, really good. There were times where he was guarding Lillard. There were times where he was guarding Kevin. He did a really good... Like, I understand Kevin Durant made shots, but he at least didn't allow Kevin Durant... Easy shots. They all contested. Kevin Durant's just world class. But Nick Kay and Thibel should be playing around 28 to 32 minutes each. Kay played 26 and Thibel played 22. I can't believe that our most athletic wing defender who can shoot the three ball, get out and run, played 22 minutes. Like the guy that matches up with these NBA guys, the best, played 22 minutes. I don't understand it. Dante played 20 minutes, Dante's been up and down, but like his speed, and he was looking really good at the start there, really, really good at the start, I don't really, and then I know he hurt his hip, but then he played, he he also played the, the garbage time, so I don't know how bad that hip was if he was able to play garbage time minutes, it felt like he got frozen out because he didn't play enough minutes. Like 20 minutes, he probably should be up to around 26, 24, 26. I haven't really done the math on this, but you you take those minutes off Nathan Sobey, you can start to bump him up, you know? And then, and Bubbles. Bubbles was shooting the ball really well. I, how many minutes did Bubbles play? I don't know if I can find it real quick. I, for some reason, I forgot to write that down. Bubbles played... Oh, where is he? Chris Goulding, Bubbles. Bubbles played 20 minutes. That's probably where he should be at. But I thought the way that he was used, like he was hot, and then they just froze him out. They just subbed him. I, I don't know. It. My point is, it's a semifinal. Load management doesn't exist in a semifinal. It's the semifinal of the Olympic Games. We have the chance. We're up by 15 at one point against the best team in the world. And one... We don't use timeouts to our advantage. And two, we don't play our best players for a significant enough time. Like, we, Nathan Sobey, 11 minutes from Nathan, Nathan Sobey just doesn't make sense. He earned his spot on the team, but, like, this isn't everyone gets a go. <laughs> like, it's it's the Olympic semifinals. Why is Patty Mills not playing 35 minutes? Why is Joe Ingles not playing 32 minutes? Why is... Like the player that played the most minutes in the game was Kevin Durant. He played thirty. And then Booker and Drew Holiday both played twenty-eight minutes each. So Booker and Drew Holiday played as much. And but they like our best players needed to play more minutes than them. Our best players, our first, second, third, fourth, fifth best players should not have played less minutes than their first, second, third, fourth, fifth best players. They had to play more because we needed to come up with something above, like, we had to play out of our skin and hope that they miss shots and, and get them uncomfortable. And that's how you get an upset. Like, you have to play above yourself. And you're not going to be able to play above yourself if you're playing these guys that just can't, like, Nathan Sobu was out of his element against Team USA. Against other countries, he wasn't. He played really well. He played really well. What game was it that he was the Argentina game where he came in and he he gave some really good minutes, and that's fine. But it's different. It's different as I remember when Nathan Sobey subbed in. I was like, oh okay, that's weird. I think he came in in the first quarter, <clears throat> and then I remember they subbed Patty Mills out with about three and a half to go. I don't have the I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was about three and a half four minutes to go in the first quarter, and I was like, oh, they're taking Patty off. That's weird. And then in my head, I was thinking, okay, they'll probably bring him back in a minute, a minute to go in this quarter, and he can finish off the quarter. So we can have, I think, strong finishes to quarters are important, especially against Team USA. Like, don't let them sniff coming back. But he didn't come back in. And then they don't bring him back in until about three minutes into, two and a half, three minutes into the second second quarter. So he sat for like five and a half to six and a half minutes. That's just too long to have Paddy Mills on the bench. Like, and then he comes in, like we get that 15 point run and it, I don't know. It's all very, I'm just frustrated. I, and I didn't go in thinking we're definitely going to win this. Like we should win this. I knew there was a chance and I knew Australia would have to play really, really well and some things would have to go our way but i don't understand. but you have to do everything on your side well to be in for a shot you've got to control your your variables and sometimes shots don't go in sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way like shit like that happens but you can control your timeouts you can control your substitution patterns and we did a very bad job of that and it's just a little bit frustrating. It's a little bit frustrating to, to look at the box score, look at the minutes played, look at the, when people were taken out. It felt like sometimes we froze our players. Like players were in a groove, and then we take them out, and they'd sit for five to six minutes, and then we put them back in, and it's like, oh, go be, go do what you were doing before after sitting for five to six minutes. I don't know. Semi final, you win that game. Like you just, you have to, you have to put everything into that game, and then worry about the next one. But it was like, oh, let's we had a 15 point lead and it felt like the coach got a little bit comfortable and then just thought that it was going to come back. Like, I don't know. It's frustrating, man. It just would have been great to see that us compete to the very end. But the same thing happened in other Olympic games. Like we were close at halftime and then they just pump us in the second half. Um, But then this time it didn't even feel like, it didn't feel like it was our players fault. Like, I understand that, like, the ball didn't move as much for us. We've moved the ball really well a tournament. Uh, Team USA just switched on everything. Um, And it can kind of happen... Like, it's harder to move the ball when a team like USA can shrink the court defensively. Like, they've just got such long, athletic defenders and they switch on everything. So it kind of makes the ball movement less relevant. When you can switch on everything... It doesn't really create mismatches. And we didn't actually go looking for our mismatches. The the biggest mismatch we had was when Jock Lindell was on and they were switching everything when one of the guards switched on to Jock and Jock went into the post and we often didn't feed him the ball. This was this is probably the only game gameplay thing that frustrated me. And like and we we started going to it late, but it was once we'd lost, like we we're down like 16, 17, and then it was like, oh, maybe we should give it to our best post player when these guards are switched up on him and, and he scored a little bit but at, at that point it's just like the game was no longer close and you don't want to be f- trying to come back against team usa um so yeah usa did a great job of just shrinking the court we didn't that was the one mismatch we could get out of that was throwing the ball into jock and then once you throw the ball into jock like then they have to collapse like the defense will have to collapse or he's going one on one against one of their guards in the post and that's that's probably a bucket and when they start collapsing that's when it's the kickouts the rotation passes and you you're attacking closeout defenders and then the ball movement comes back but we were trying to run all those like down screens and catching the ball in the three point line and and doing what we were doing against other teams that couldn't switch so we'd we'd find gaps in their defense with off balls and things like that and we'd get little backdoor layups or we'd get open threes. But USA just switch everything. Uh and we yeah we just didn't get we just didn't get the same looks. Um but yeah I, I think I think that's all my thoughts on it. I like I could have done a whole lot more but Aaron Baines would have been a big help would have loved his rebounding I don't understand why we didn't take timeouts to try to halt their runs. And I don't understand our rotations. I don't understand why none of our players played over 30 minutes in a semi-final at the Olympics. And it's just tough. It's kind of just tough to swallow because like, there's been such a big buildup. Like even, like last, was it last year in Melbourne when we beat Team USA? And we beat Team USA again in in the practice matches. And we had them, we were up by 15. And then the decisions that I felt were made from a coaching staff point of view, I don't think they were up to up to scratch, and I think they were really poor decisions. And it cost us a shot at the gold. I think. Um, But I don't want to be all negative. The exciting thing is the Boomers, the Australian men's basketball team, has never won a medal, and we have a chance to win a bronze medal. Tomorrow, I believe it's Saturday, the game's tomorrow. Um, and so get around our boomers because we still have the chance to make Australia Australian basketball history, and that's really exciting. And these guys deserve it. Paddy Mills deserves it. Joe Ingles deserves it. I was talking to a friend. I think Paddy Mills still has another Olympics in him. Um, Joe Ingles maybe as well, but I think Paddy's super fit. I think he's as good as he's ever looked. Um he might not be the twenty point per game scorer. He'll be. He'll be about thirty six years old, but I, uh, if he's still playing basketball at that time, like I think he's fit enough. And you know we got Giddy. We got you know maybe Ben Simmons plays, but there's a lot of Australian talent coming through. The team's gonna be better again. Like Thibault's gonna be older. Um, you know Nick Hay's gonna be that thirty year old vet. He's gonna be better. Jock's gonna be better. Jock just signed that NBA contract. Australian basketball's on the way up. So. There's no reason to be feeling negative. It just sucks the way that game finished yesterday. Like, it sucks that we... I I guess we couldn't necessarily hold our head high at the end of that... At the end of the game. We had moments where we played really well and we should be really proud of how well we competed. But, yeah, it just wasn't a full 40 minutes performance. And for me, it's hard to blame the players when I don't think the players played enough minutes. So... But get around our boomers. Bronze medal game. And Taliqua and Maria Fay. Get around them today. If you listen to this, make sure you tune in for their game. Um, and, yeah, that's the end of the podcast. I'm really bad with these sign-offs. I never know what to say. Have a good one, guys.